Welcome to Slaking Thirst, a podcast that's all about bringing the thirst deep within our hearts for love and communion to the heart of Christ, a divine heart who is seeking our love and communion in return. The hope is that the two thirsts would meet and both thirsts would be slaked. Yesterday was Good Shepherd Sunday, and uh, we continue with some of the Good Shepherd imagery in the gospel for the daily readings today. And it's really important when Jesus says, this is why the Father loves me. Because we are so, I mean, it is deep. The the malformation and confusion that all of us have is so deep in every one of us about why the Father loves us that we can't conceive of the actual reality of him loving us. He loves us when we're good. Right? We do the right thing. Of course, God the Father loves us. We were good boys and girls. How about when we sin? Well, I mean, he loves me, but it's at that point it starts to, well, I mean, I, I better get to confession right away so that way he can love me again. What, where, what, the, what kind of God is this that we all are wrestling with? Right? God's love is not transactional. You do good, I'll give you 10 love units. You do bad, you only get one love unit today. Do you know who does that to us? Bosses at work and our own parents because they're limited. Every, barring some extreme examples, every mom and dad does the very best they can. But sometimes the very best that they can in that moment isn't that very best. (laughs) And so when we upset them and we hurt our parents' feelings or we disappoint them, they pull back a little bit till they can recollect themselves and then engage again. Why? Because they're human like us. They have all these emotions and they have all their own story and they too go into the confessional like we do. But we don't think about it as we're growing up and we absorb this way of relationship. I'm bad, people recoil. Once I'm good again, they come back to me. And so this becomes an identity. I'm good I'm a gift, I have value while I'm doing good things, but I'm bad, I'm awful, I can't be loved, I'm no good, nothing good can come from me when I do bad things. And then we just go back and forth our whole life, hoping that by the time we die, the scale is more on one side than the other. As if when we die, Jesus says, point to all the reasons why you've earned heaven. Well, I did 52,000 nice things and only 49,000 bad things. So good news, it's in my favor. You have to let me in. There's a a well-known philosopher and theologian at Boston College and a great Catholic author for many years, Peter Kreeft or Kreft or I don't know how to say his last name, but he writes lots of books. But he asked his students almost the same question every year at his fundamental theology class which is when you die and God says, why should I let you in? What's your answer? This is after like 16 weeks of him teaching all these different heresies and false teachings and false notions of Christianity. And he says, even at the end, he says, so many of his students don't get it, that the only answer is because your son died for me. You sent your son to love me that much, and I believe in the infinite love you have for me. That's it. We hear these phrases, we have nothing else to plead our cause. Except what? Except that you love me. I know you do. (laughs) 
I was visiting a family last week, a family really, really close to in Florida. They have six kids, and they're uh, third from the youngest. She knows she's my favorite out of all of them. I'm not the parent. I can have favorites. So, and she just knows it. She'll just do something, and then she'll whisper in my ear, I know I'm your favorite. It's okay. And she's right. She owns me. Because out of love, she just pulls everything out of me. This is why God sent his son to show us that my verdict on you is I love you. And it may take a whole lifetime for you to finally surrender to my love. But because Jesus is divine, he surrenders at every moment. This is why the father loves me, because I lay down my life. Jesus didn't lay down his life to earn the Father's love. All right, if I die on the cross, then the Father will love me and bring me up from the dead. He laid his life down because he says, listen, as the Father loves me, so I love you. Gospel of John, Gospel of John. He just says before this, by the way, I know the Father and the Father knows me. How does he prove that he knows the Father? I will love you in an unwavering, totally surrendered way. You own me in love. And so in the Eucharist, right, he just gives himself to you and me. This kind of lavish, unwavering love in Greek is called agape. It's not interested in pleasure or what it gains or how it makes us feel. It just says, I'm all yours. I'm here to bless you. I'm here to make sure that you have life to the full. And this is why people became Christian in the first few centuries. It wasn't because we had really clear teachings at that time. A lot of it was still being worked out. In fact, it says in the scriptures, they looked at Christians and they said, see how they love one another. They gave of their money. They gave of their time. They gave of their talent. Nothing was their own. They said, everything is yours. What do you need? I'm all here for you because he's all here for me. And so as we begin this week, maybe the, uh, for the whole week, our reflection can be is, when does fear kick in for us? When are we afraid that he might not love me now until I fill in the blank? Or I love this person to a certain extent, but then if I keep loving and keep giving, am I afraid they'll take advantage? Am I afraid other people are going to call me foolish? When does fear kick in? Because in that place in our hearts when fear kicks in is where we normally put the gate down and say, okay, that's as far as I can go. And what overcomes fear? Not hard work. It says in the scriptures again, perfect love casts out all fear. Who has perfect love? Not me. Jesus. And he fills us with that perfect love today in the Eucharist. So let us today bring all of our brokenness, all of our confusion, all of our fear to the Eucharist, that he could heal us and set us free from the, am I okay? Am I good? Do you like me? Do I not? Once that's deeply answered by Jesus, now we're free to live out our destiny to be images of God.